0: Thank you so much, Evie. Um, very quickly, just as um, we're getting ready to, to hear, hear from the word, uh, from the Holy Ghost, amen. Um, 25th, the last Sunday of this month, we have uh, Freedom Night. So come ready. Uh, that's going to be a wonderful uh, time to uh, experience the presence of the Lord. Nothing quite like being in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You know where the presence, where the Spirit of the Lord is? There is liberty. There is freedom. And so come 6 p.m., that's on the 25th of June, and also on that day in the morning service at 10 a.m., we have baptisms, amen. So if you want to be baptized, if you know somebody um, who, who uh, needs, needs to die, praise the Lord, then um, that's the service for them, amen. If you need to die, that's the service for you, Amen. It would be a shame uh, to exit your body, body um, and and die physically before you die. Your ego dies, your pride dies, the old man dies. Amen. And so, uh, anyway, that's going to be a wonderful service. You don't want to miss uh, miss that. Um, praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles this morning, please. To First Peter, First um, Peter chapter. Well, first chapter of First Peter. I want to read um, the 12th verse to you, uh, not the entirety of it, just the latter part of verse 12. It says, those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Ghost sent from heaven, things which the angels desire to look into. Glory to God. There is a preaching that is by the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is a preaching that is uh, with the divine assistance of the Holy Spirit. There are, There is messages from earth, but then there's messages from heaven. And, and it says, the angels desire to look into what we have capacity to receive. That we are privy and have been given an ability and a di- divine nature to be able to handle this stuff. Oh, glory to God! You know, whatever you were saying about the heart, and you know, this is what really got quick into my heart whenever he was talking about, you know, the conditions of your heart. Um, wow, it's important that we that we uh, really uh, saturate our heart with the Word of God. Who would say Amen to that? Amen. And really, um, the, word, the word is what transforms a heart. And we ought to give the honor and the value uh, to the word that the word deserves. Enough that we're willing to trade your favorite program, amen, for times in the word of the Lord, amen. And, and hear from heaven by the help of the Holy Ghost. And so who believes that even this morning that we can hear uh, from the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for your help. Not far. Abiding on the inside of us. In this very room. Upon every life. Ready to speak and transform and reveal and heal and deliver. Hallelujah. Oh, and turn in the name of Jesus. I, I heard this again in my spirit. When I was praying for this service, and I I preached a message that I believe is seasonal for this ministry, last week in Harrogate, we missed you, we missed you last week, but you had a good time with Dr. Harvey, amen, but I heard this morning when I was praying for this service, turn around is right around, whoo, come on, turn around is right around the corner, I'm going to say it again, turn around is right around the corner, I'm going to say it again, turn around is right around the corner. If someone's right around the corner and you're going around that corner, what's liable to happen? Collision. You're going to collide into some camels, amen, because the, cam- the camels are right around, come on, amen. <laughs> Who else believes this this morning, Amen. You know, the reason why, I just uh, for your information, you know, um, there isn't a little fire somewhere in the building. We, we, we're having a barbecue later on, so the reason why this room smells a little bit like smoke, it's not because your neighbor is a smoker, all right? So st- stop being so sp- um, suspicious, amen? We're having a barbecue later, and I- we'd love you to stick around, amen? We're going to have a good time together, and it's going to be fu- fun. But I believe that there is a turning and maybe if I have time, I'm going to touch on that. But this week, week 23 of our uh, faith Strength and devotional, you know, we're looking at, um, it's entitled Passover. And, you know, it's so important, you know, we've been in the study for a couple of weeks, really. Um, it's so important to understand why we do what we do. Amen. You know, I live. You know, my generation is the why generation. We we, we want to know why. You know, you know, we ask our parents. You know, why? Why? Why are you asking me to do that? And most parents, you know, my well, you know, my age, those who are my generation, their parents would say, well, because I told you so. But but how many know it benefits if we understand why we do what we do? Amen. And, um, and that's, that's important because it's not what we do that is powerful. It's understanding why we do what we do is what makes it powerful. Can I have a big, big amen? It's like when we anoint people with uh, olive oil. How many know olive oil doesn't heal anybody, can't heal anybody? But when it's consecrated to the Lord, it takes on a supernatural power because, because we understand why we're doing what we're doing. And what it symbolizes. The cracker, the juice, the wine, it represents something. We, we need to understand why. And this is why we're answering those, you know, the, the, that question. Why, why, why do we take communion? The reason why we're looking into it is because um, it can be a very powerful meal. It is a very powerful meal. Um, but um, we need to know how to tap into that, that power. It's like prayer cloths. How many know... Um, Cloth can't heal anybody, but when it's consecrated, I said cloth within itself can't heal anybody, otherwise everybody would just be healed because we're wearing cloth. You understand what I'm saying? But when it's consecrated, it takes on a supernatural power. Amen. God gets in it when we understand the significance of it. Just because we worship, wasn't worship awesome this morning? Just because we sing, let me put it this way, sing worship songs doesn't mean we're worshiping. Well, you know, that doesn't... You you know what makes your singing worship is when you fill it. You fill it with thanksgiving. You fill it with honor. You fill it with uh, adoration. You fill it with thanks to God. Then your singing turns into... Worship, and now it's, now it's powerful. And, um, you know, something that the early church did um, very often is they took communion. And, and the danger of doing something very often is, you know, you forget the meaning of it. You, you forget the power of it. You know, it, you just get so familiar with the elements and the ritual of it that you miss the power. And the Spirit of God had the Apostle Paul... Um, correct the church in Corinth, and just turn that real fast. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse seventeen. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse seventeen. It says, "Now in given these instructions, I do not praise you. Uh, I'm, I'm not like commending you on a bunch of stuff here, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Can you imagine people were coming to church there in Corinth, and they weren't—they were leaving worse off." They were coming together. They were not forsaking the assembly of themselves together, but they were—they weren't leaving better. They were actually um, leaving worse off. And Paul goes goes into it. He says, first of all, verse 18: You know, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And uh, in part, I, I believe it. You know, because you know, people like to exaggerate and. Say all makeup stuff and you know whatever, and then Paul in verse twenty, without taking too much time, twenty and twenty-one, you know, start. Paul starts correcting them in the manner in which they took the elements communion meal. Um, some of them were eating the Lord's supper uh, just like a meal, not 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 out of honor, but out of hunger. So they were just coming and eating to just fill up their belly. Some were drinking the wine not out of honor but to literally get drunk. This was happening in the church in Corinth, and and uh, Paul started uh, dealing with this. And verse twenty three says, and Dr. Rob Shop, he he really you know taught this excellently. He said, uh, Paul said to them, he said, "For I received from the Lord, notice that I received from the Lord." Now all theologians believe that. Jesus must have appeared to Paul in a vision to explain to him how important it is, these elements, and how to take communion correctly. That's how powerful this is, because Paul was an original uh, disciple, and so it was important to the Lord to make sure Paul, his preacher, would understand the power of, of communion. Amen. Now. How many realize it's it's important to understand why we do it and the importance of it? Nobody? (laughs) Who realizes the importance of this meal? Who, who, Who realizes it's important to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? Come on out. It invokes memories. That's what this meal does. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We remember him, but it invokes memories of how down and out we were without Jesus. It invokes a memory, praise the Lord, that I was was sickly, I was diseased, I was without, I was full of shame and guilt. And I was in a deep, dark place of depression without him. But I remember where he took me. What he and how he took me out of what he took me out of and what he put me in. It invokes precious memories. Oh, glory to God. Now, of course, our title today is you know Passover. The the communion meal was really born born out of um a previous meal called Passover. Um Passover meal when taken wouldn't be in remembrance of what jesus has done because jesus hadn't come at that point Uh, but it was in remembrance of something else it wasn't just a meal of course there was a meal uh, that they engaged in but it was the original passover was a very powerful event god you know the story god raised up a man tell me his name Very good, students. Very good. Moses was his name. He was raised up as a deliverer. Amen. He went into the courts of Pharaoh and he said, the great I am says, let my people go. And uh, he was so uh, hard-hearted, Pharaoh was, he refused. And so God said, all right, I'm going to bring plagues. First plague didn't soften Pharaoh's heart. Neither did the second, third, or fourth. Neither did the 7th, 8th, ninth plague. It did not soften the heart of Pharaoh. And so God comes to Moses and he says, all right, I'm going to bring a 10th plague. And this 10th plague is going to bring you freedom. 10th is important. You know what 10th means? literally means, is, in the Bible, it refers to testing. Testing. This is why, you know, when, when Malachi chapter 3 says, hey, test me. And and it's a two-way test. God tests us whether we will bring what is his, the tithe. And he said, test me. Tenth. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he said, look, on this 10th plague, it's going it's to bring freedom. And God begins to tell Moses exactly what's going to happen. There's gonna, uh, death is going to come into Egypt. It's going to come into every house and kill the four, firstborn of every house. Now, how many realize this is very alarming for Moses? He said, but if you do something, if you do something, that death angel will pass over your house, but I need you to do something, amen, you find a spotless lamb, does that sound familiar, come on now, without defect, spotless, without defect, without blemish, and in fact if you think you found that spotless, without defect, without any blemish lamb, you watch it for four days to make sure it is spotless, with no defects, and has no blemish, and then you take, you kill that slaughter, you sacrifice that, uh, that lamb, you take the blood of that lamb, amen, and you apply it with the hyssop branch on the doorposts of your house, the entrance point of your, your, uh, your home. And then that slaughtered lamb, you bring the lamb in the house. Now... The instruction was very clear. You know, we got Father's Day coming up next week. Amen. How many know fathers are, we have a great responsibility. Amen. As heads of our houses to bring the lamb in the house. And the instruction was that the head of the home would be the ones responsible to bring the lamb in the house. You bring the lamb in. Don't just apply the blood. Bring the lamb in. Roast the lamb. I like roast lamb. Well done. That's scriptural, amen. None of this medium to rare nonsense, amen. It's not in the Bible. You cannot find scripture on it, amen. Through and through. Someone say through and through. Through and through. I don't mind one bit. A good technique is slow cook. Just do it through and through on a slow cook, and it's still nice and soft, and it melts in your mouth. I hope we're having steaks. Are we having like T-bone steaks or tomahawk steaks later on? maybe not just a hot sausage sausage, amen anyway praise the lord the time will come we will have t-bone steaks and all the men said amen amen well here's the thing they they roasted it you know with fire and he said don't do not boil it with water roast it don't water down the lamb don't water down the message." Of Jesus Christ. Don't water it down. Amen. So, and here's the thing. Bring it in. And the head of the house brought the lamb. Think about this. Set the whole family down. And brought the lamb in front of every family member. Right in front of every family member. Here's some lamb. Here's some lamb. Everyone got lamb put in front. The head of the house couldn't put the lamb in in the family member. That was the family member's. That was the family member's responsibility. The head of the house was responsible to bring the lamb in and before the the members. They were responsible to take it in. And everyone who received the lamb within is the one, come on now, Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. They were the ones who experienced the freedom. Come on now. The lamb being in you protects you from death. Come on. Who is a possessor of the spotless lamb of God, Jesus, the living Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. He's in you. This, were, this was a type of, of the Messiah. Messiah. The spotless lamb who was to come. And we are on the right side of the cross. Jesus has paid the ultimate price. The sacrifice has been made. Come on now. You've invited him in the house. But more importantly, come on now. You don't just have a Bible in the house. Amen. You don't just have a subscription to Christian television. You you have the lamb within. And it protects you from the spirit of death. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Woo, come on out. No one under the sound of my voice is dying prematurely. Amen. No one, the spirit of death cannot touch you. That tells me the spirit of sin, which is a deceptive spirit, cannot dominate you and control you. Let me announce over you, just like Paul the Apostle announced over those in Romans chapter 6, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. No longer. Because whatever you let sin touch in your life, it brings a spirit with it called a spirit of death. The wages of sin is death. But you have authority over that to rule and reign. You do not have to be controlled by satanic forces of wickedness and be controlled by the lusts of the flesh, the pride of life, the want, want, want for other things. Come on, somebody. You can be literally set free. You can live a sin-free life. Woo, my, my, my. Hallelujah. The lamb being in you is what brings you Freedom. The lamb being in you is what gets you out. Oh, glory to God. Death passed over God's people. Why? Because sickness cannot cross the bloodline, disease cannot cross the bloodline. I've applied it around my life, my family's life, and it cannot survive the blood. It cannot go through the blood and be, and not be sanctified. Come on somebody. Who believes in the power of the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah. And so this was a major event. It set them free from slavery. Not only with that, as that 10th plague came and God was short to his word, Pharaoh released God's people. And as they went, the Egyptians started taking the rings off and putting it, putting it on, on, on the, the Israelites. Their jewelry, their necklaces, everything was taken off and they put it on. They loaded God's people. It ju- didn't just bring protection, it brought provision. Woo, come on, someone. Amen. Who believes in provision? Who believes in a God who... Provides This is a major event, and, and, and it changed the nation forever. And so every time they took the Passover meal, it was to honor the victory. Amen. How God passed over his people. Now, the bread that they used, you know, it was called uh, matzah bread, very dry. In fact, um, they they served it in three pieces in a pouch, representative, the far piece represented Abraham, the middle piece represented Isaac, the, the, the end piece represented Jacob, and they would take the middle piece first that, that represented Isaac and break it, and they remembered how Abraham was willing to consecrate himself to the Lord and offer up a sacrifice. You know, when we take, when we take the communion meal, we take the bread and we say, Lord, I, it's a prayer of consecration. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I, my plan, I die to my plan, I, I'm alive to your plan. I drop my agenda, I pick up your agenda. Amen. I'm freshly consecrating myself to, to you. Now, the bread was dry. You know, you know the reason why the, the little uh, you know, element that we give you don't taste good isn't because the church is cheap. It's meant to be Bitter. You know, we we took communion last week in, in Harrogate and they had these big uh, crackers and I'm, I'm the preacher, you know, and so I'm like taking it in and my mouth felt like the Sahara Desert, you know, it was just dry, you know, but it's supposed to invoke a memory of how dry our life was without Jesus. There is a, there is a bitter and a sweet, aspect to this communion meal and the sweet is the juice and we take that and just just oh man it's just it it's awesome amen <laughs> and um and there is a, how god turned how i said how god turned a bitter situation into a very sweet situation turn around is right around turn around is right around the corner. You right for another fifteen minutes. First of, uh, chapter of Philippians, Philippians chapter one, verse nineteen. He said, "I know that this will turn." So I'll say, "Turn." Yeah. I know you've got to know that this will turn. I preached this last week for those who, you know, uh, were there in Harrogate. You know, you won't mind one bit hearing some of the same stuff again. Amen. How many of you know we? Faith comes by not having heard, but hearing. I like what uh, Brother Copeland said last weekend. He said, uh, you you don't get strengthened by a memory. The memory of the jacket potato that you, I don't know why that came out in a Yorkshire accent, but um, (laughs) the memory of that jacket potato that you ate last week, the memory of that does nothing to your strength level today. Do you know what you need? The memory of that, do you know what you need? You need You need a new potato. Amen. So, yeah, I have memorized the scripture. Well done. It's, ju- it's just memorization. And thank God for, you know, you're liable to be able to quote scripture. Um, if you have it, you know, uh, richly abiding in your heart, of course, your mind's good, Your mental faculties are going to be able to rehearse those words. But the memory of a potato don't do nothing to you. The memory of a scripture don't do nothing to you. Amen. It's the daily intake of that word will sustain a man. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here, Paul said, I know something. I know something. I know that this will turn, what he was in. He was in in, in chains. He said, I, I know this is going to turn. I just know it. I have that conviction. I know this is going to turn. For my deliverance through, notice how, through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit. You know, people who are hurt in life are hurt because of people. People hurt. Not And it's not always because of what they did. It's not always because of what they said or didn't do or didn't say. It's because of their absence. An absent father. An absent mother. An absent friend. An absent, can I put it this way? An absent supply. An absent supply. Brother Hagen was... um, was sharing, and he said he noticed that he hadn't stepped into certain things for years that he um, had previously operated in, in his ministry, and he hadn't for years, and he noticed that it, it, it was like it, he stopped operating in, in those certain aspects when so-and-so, he named the name of the individuals who had transitioned to heaven and died, why? Because when somebody leaves the planet, it's not just a person leaving the planet, it's a supply that leaves the planet. And Brother Hagin was saying, come on prayers, I'm missing that supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ through the prayers of those saints. Pick it up. Would you pray for me in these areas? Amen. And so uh, there, is a, there is a turning. I know this will turn through. I heard two things last Saturday night, two things, through divine assistance, someone say divine assistance, divine assistance and divine speed, man, divine assistance and divine, divine speed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20, 24, uh, Paul said, we're helpers of your joy. Or suppliers of your joy. In faith you stand. How many know you need joy to, to, to stand strong in faith? And Paul was saying, we are, we're a supply of joy to you. Amen. Ian was helping a couple of people outside. And you know, uh, within uh, 4.5 seconds, he got them uh, full of joy. Why? Because he has a supply of joy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. There are some people who are a supply of wisdom. Some people are a supply of leadership. Some people are a supply of, um, of faith through the teachings of the word that, that you hear. Amen. Some are a supply of joy. People are carriers of supply. My wife is an aid to me. My wife is a help to me. God spoke to Abraham and said, hey, listen, uh, all you have is me, and, and that's not good. You need some help. Uh, Adam, Adam, excuse me. Uh, Abraham needed some help too, but, but God came to Adam, amen, and said, hey, you, you need some help. And that, 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 that word help means military aid and assistance. And I speak this over this ministry, and I speak this over your businesses, Grade aid, military assistance is coming. Come on now. People who have the right supply, who will not hinder, but will help. Who believes in divine assistance? Right people coming into your business. Right people coming into the church. Right people coming into your life. Right assistance, those who carry a supply. There will not be an absent supply in your life. Come on. Amen. This is important because those who unite their supplies there, there is something produced. It's called an unstoppable anointing. Woo, it's an unstoppable anointing. When you stand strong in faith because of a supply of joy and a supply of faith and all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13, it says, When, when we all come together in the unity of the faith, he says, we're going to have something. He, he, he went on to say, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, there will be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in full potential power when we unite our supplies, when we come together in the unity of the faith. Ooh, man, thank you, Holy Ghost. You know, you hear this phrase a lot in the Gospels, your faith has made you whole. How many know we need a strong your faith? Who's got a strong your faith? Like your faith. Amen. My faith is strong in the promises of God. Man, will you need a your, you know, my faith being strong, me having a strong your faith is, is not going to help you necessarily. But what we do need is a unity of the faith where just like in Luke chapter 5, Jesus, I believe, verse 21, he's seeing their faith. There needs to be a strong there faith. Amen. Something has produced an unstoppable anointing. And then secondly, divine speed. Divine speed. From observation, um, it seems like we've entered into a time in these last days of divine speed. Divine exp- acceleration. Everything is speeding up. We're in June. I remember when I was unwrapping my Christmas gifts and I saw what type of socks I, I got this year, you know, last year. I remember that. But here we are in June. Everything seems to be speedy. Concerning the, concerning the end, end, end days in Daniel chapter 12, verses, 20, uh, verses 4, excuse me. Um, he said, knowledge shall be increased. Think, think, think about our devices that we have here. You can, you, have, you can get information on anything you want to get, just in, in, in less than seconds. Yeah. With AI and the developments of all, all the te- technologies, and every, I mean, everything is speeding up. Who sees, who, who's heard that there's some, some wars going on, you know, in the world? Uh, rumors of, of further wars. You know, we're in the last days. We can see the finish line. I said, we can see the finish line. And you don't slow, as a runner, you don't slow down when you see the finish line. You, you start speeding. There is a divine acceleration that is, is going to hit the body of Christ. And I, yes, there is patience, faith and patience and appointed times and all of that. And, you know, doing, doing your due diligence to, to endure cheerfully as a good soldier of the Lord. Amen. Cheerful endurance. There's, there's necessity of all of that. But I'm telling you, things are going to start happening at a rapid, at a rapid speed. At a rapid speed. I was thinking about some of the stories. I can't even get time to, you know, talk into it. But but I was praying before, I do mean, you know, that's always good, you know, to pray. And uh, before before work, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And this is when I worked in Harrogate years ago. And um, the Spirit of the Lord said, tell, tell, uh, tell the boss that you want to, Come off their books, and you're going to st- start working self-employed as a consultant. So, so I, I went in um, out of obedience, and I requested a meeting with the boss. We had an open plan, um, you know, kind of office space, and uh, and he said, "Yeah, sure, 11 o'clock, around that kind of time, maybe 10:30, depends, you know, how how quick I wrap up some meetings, internal meetings." I said, "Fine, you know, great." And as you know, open plan office, as they were having. Their internal means, you know, senior engineers and surveyors were talking about various different things. They were talking and complaining about a client. And I'm overhearing this and I heard the Holy Spirit say, said, all right, tell, tell, tell the, bo- the boss exactly what I told you. The, you want to come off the books and be a self-employed consultant and tell him you'll, you'll take the client that everyone's complaining about. So sure enough, I had that me in. And overnight, talk about rapid speed, overnight, one conversation, my salary tripled overnight. Divine speed. I said divine speed. God can give you one word of instruction that can just take take you and advance you divinely. Divinely. I want supernatural results. If time is short and Jesus is coming back, there's a lot that I've been dreaming. And so I'm thinking, there's not a lot of time. This has got to happen at an accelerated rate. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And no matter what is thrown I shared the story, no matter what is thrown out your way, in your life, in your ministry, in your family, it will not deter you. I shared the story in Harrogate about Lester Summerall, who was, you know, he was flying, he was flying back from some place and, and he, you know, he, back in the day, you know, this is a number of years ago, they didn't have the security as they do now, this is pre- and so their son and uh, daughter in law was meeting them at the gate, and he was, you know, ready to get another internal flight, so he was going from one gate to another gate, and so his son met him, and he said, I've got no time to to waste, and he's he's walking to his gate. Lester's just arrived, and and his son says, well, Dad, you know, we've got some terrible news, some real bad news. The network station that we've just newly built um, is being burned to a crisp. And do you know what he did not even stop his st- stride? He was undeterred. And he just turned to his son and said, Build another one. And just I've got a plane to ca- catch. Undeterred. It didn't cancel his undeterred. Unmoved. I take that. Man, I received that. An ability of Christ on the inside of me. I'm a carrier of the lamb capital L, amen. Nothing will deter us in Jesus' name. But think about it. I've heard Lester Sumrall say say at the beginning of his ministry, he said, I spent a third of my time on ships traveling. So back in the day, if I were wanting to go to India and minister, I could not go as frequent I won't be like, hey, I'll see you in ten days, faith life. It's like, I'll see you in four months, faith life. I can preach in Mumbai and finish preaching, you know, around about you know quarter past eight p.m. in the evening in Mumbai on a Saturday night. Get taken straight to the airport and catch a 1020 flight via Uh, dubai and get to manchester in time two hours or so in time for church and be right here with you preach in mumbai saturday night and then preach sunday morning the very next day i've done that many times things are speeding up in the natural so it is in the natural so it is in the in the spirit oh man 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 amos 9 verse 13 behold the days are coming behold the days are coming oh man Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman. So say, these are the days. These are the, the, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. God's saying, faster than you can plant the seed, the harvest will come in. Faster than you can... Faster than you can get the seed in the ground, the, ground, the reaper is nipping at your heels to get, a, get the harvest up. Ooh, that's how fast. Two people are excited about this. Amen. I'm excited because I'm preparing to sow words of faith and financial seeds and, and sow energy into the kingdom of God that shall be abundantly rewarded. Amen. Not just at the judgment seat of Christ, but right here on earth in this life. Put up on the screen, please, uh, John chapter 4, verses 20, 23. This is the amazing dialogue between, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures. It's fully loaded, but this is the dialogue between Jesus and the woman at the, uh, the well in Samaria. And it says, uh, the hour is coming. Yes. And now is. What? I thought the hour was coming. See, this is how God thinks about time. Yeah. The hour is coming and, and now is. Come on, faith is right now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such such to worship. Now verse 35 says this. Oh man. You know the saying. You know the saying. You have a saying. You have a saying. Four months between planting and harvest? That's what you say. You have that saying. That's what you say. But where I come from, we don't say that. We speak different. That's what you say. That's what you're familiar with. But what I say, wake up. That's what it said. Look around. The, The fields are ripe, ready for harvest right now. Right now, so will say miracles. The beginning of Jesus' ministry, it began with a miracle of divine acceleration. I have preached on this many a time. Good wine takes time. Sounds good. It rhymes, but it, but it does. I know my, my grandfather, my family, for many, many years, uh, they, they still are in possession of uh, vineyards in s- southern Hungary, and they, ma- they make wine. And it takes time. you got to prune for the first five, five years. You don't, uh, when you plant a new vineyard, you, you don't let the grapes grow. You keep the life not in the grape. You keep it in the vine, so you prune it off straight away. First five years, no, no harvest. You just prune and prune and prune. It seems like there's n- it's not producing nothing. Well, you're keeping the life in the vine. And then the sixth year, it's like, whoa. Uh, and but here, here Jesus's miracle, first miracle, John chapter 2, there was no there, there was no pruning, there was no you know, the, there was there was no growing, there was no, um, you know, harvesting time, no fermenting time, no bottling time. It was a miracle of divine, divine speed. And if Jesus is come on now, J- Jesus. His ministry made a way for the birth of the church. And if all this began with a miracle of come on now, divine speed, I submit to you in this last chapter of the church age, there will be miracles after miracles of divine acceleration and divine speed. Well, it takes for that's a saying that is earthly and worldly. Well, it takes X amount of years for this, but what does God say? I say, Wake up! I say, Look, oh, my, 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 stay, stay connected. John 15, verse 5, let the word abide richly on the inside of your hear every saying. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. He's grateful for that. We don't serve a slow God. Come on now. God created the universe and everything. At the speed of light, 185 come on, mal- miles per second. God is not a slow God. Do you know what the devil's into? Delaying. Delaying. I was on mines team, and I got in position, and he delayed his through pass. Man, come on now. Admit <laughs> to this. Come to the altar later. But delay is no good. The enemy wants to get us in delay. He wants to delay stuff. When you're building something great like Nehemiah, he was building halfway up the, the wall and then here comes the enemy with a satanic attack to try and get the, 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 the progress, trying to interfere with the progress and the speed of the building of that wall. He brought distractions to try and get him to think this is not a great thing. I'm telling you, stand on God. Kind have a big amen? In John 6, verse 21, I'm just going to give you a few scriptures, and I'm, I'll have to quit, quit soon. It says, they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading in. They, you know, they're in a storm and things like that. Jesus said, go to the other side, and uh, they, they allowed Jesus in the boat. Come on, they got the lamb. Come on, they got the lamb in the boat. And something happened immediately. The boat was in the middle of the the body of war. But immediately, the moment Jesus got in, immediately, how many know this is supernatural? Who believes this is divine acceleration right here? Immediately, the boat was at the land where they were going. Oh, man. Fast. Fast. Divine speed. Divine speed passover what we've been talking about the israelites were in captivity nothing was changing 430 years no change and in one night in one night one moment god got them out i don't know i've been you, you may be saying i've been dealing with this for 20 years i've seen no progress one moment one moment can get in one, and guess what? They never went back to Egypt as slaves. That, that that stronghold of slave, that grip of slavery on their life was was ripped off of them in one moment. Soup, God, see how, we were joking around up north in Yorkshire last week, talking about how long they, you know, they, they, they build roads here and fix roads and fill potholes and it takes them sometimes years to just build a small little section of a off a motorway, and we serve a God who built a highway under, come on, the Red Sea. In a moment of time, he caused walls of Jericho to fall immediately. We serve a God of the supernatural. He is supernatural, not limited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Genesis 24 verse 12 from the King James, Abraham's servant prayed because he was on a mission by Abraham to get a wife for his son. And so he prayed. He said, Lord, verse 12, send me good speed this day and show kindness to my master, uh, Abraham. He was praying for a wife, for for Abraham's son. And of course, you know, Rebecca rocks up and it says in verse 15, before he had done speaking, (laughs) Rebecca comes. And I shared a story of this, this, uh, this minister who was, uh, you know, praying for a whole bunch of people in a church, something not too dissimilar to this. People were forward, you know, receiving prayer, and the, the pastors were praying for the people. And there was a guy who was on the front row, and he was stood up, and he wasn't receiving prayer. He didn't go forward, but he was just, you know, you know before the Lord with his hands like this, just out. And he said, he said, Father, I've been a widow for now a few years, and I'm ready to remarry. Send me a wife. And at that moment, the, the minister was praying for this lady, and I don't know, the, the steward wasn't paying attention. It didn't catch the lady, and this woman fell right into the guy's hands. That would startle, that would startle you too. Lord, send, send, send me a wife. I guess I did ask for, for a wife. That was pretty quick. And so they started dating, they got married, and, you know, the rest is history. Amen. <laughs> so we we'll say divine speed. Amen. Divine speed. Just for you, all those who are single, you can stand on the front row. Uh, we'll distract the stewards and we'll, let's pray for a whole bunch of people. Amen. <laughs> let's see who you catch. Amen. <laughs> God can do things very quick. I said he can do things very, very quick. I believe in this Supernaturally. We've seen, I can't even get into all the details, but my wife and I have seen some absolute supernatural things take place. You know, I'm, I'm not bragging on the Lord, but we, we gave up, you know, six-figure salaries, annual salaries, to go into the ministry just, just to, to obey the, the, the Lord. Say, Lord, you know, we'll do whatever you tell us to do. You'll take care of us. And we, be, we believe in divine speed. If your eyes are on him, we've seen it and it's just happening even at an accelerated rate since we've started to get our act together and be let, let him lead us in that area we've seen it happen and it's just the beginning I said it's just the beginning these are the last days you can say what you say all day long but it won't produce much if it comes out of your head that gained it from this world but what does jesus say you have a saying but we have a saying if you say welcome to the great confession it's called christianity if you say what he says first you hear what he has to say about your future You hear what he has to say about your body, your finances, your career, your ministry, your children, your marriage, your friendships. You hear that. Let it get big here. I said, let it get big here. Let it get big here. And when it comes time to say it, it will happen speedily. There was a piece of land the Spirit of the Lord told my wife and I. He said, I walked on a piece of land we had just bought. My attention was brought to another piece of land and the Spirit of the Lord said, I said, what, what is it? I asked the Lord, what is it about that other piece of land? And the Lord said, do you believe I can give it to you? It's as if someone got my shoulders, turned me this direction and showed me an old wooden bench and he said, sit and see. And I sat there, I'd had my coffee, I'd walk up the lane and sit and see. The last Wednesday, yeah the last the last Wednesday of August 2020 you guys were leading a prayer meeting we were in the Hebrides on a holiday this is four months after the Lord said to certain sea do you believe not can you buy it do you believe I can give it to you these guys were leading the prayer meeting on conclusion of the prayer meeting right afterwards the spirit of the Lord started speaking to me I got my pen out, started writing down exactly what the Lord said to me. And I knew that was the time to speak out what I'd been seeing. I sat and I saw it here. And then we said it. Five days later. That line wasn't for sale. That thing wasn't on the open market. Five days later, the lady who owned it walked down the lane knocked on our door and said something in me tells me I need to sell, sell, sell my property and my garden and basically the land you're probably, you're probably not interested in the house or the garden but the, that, that land that's next to it, it it's all included and when you look at the maths of it it was like a free gift the deal we got privately do you know that more than a gift we didn't have to toil and spin and try and do nothing We didn't have to speak to nobody about it. We had to just go, Lord, what are you saying? And I hear that, and I believe that, and I let that, I sit, and I see that. Before I vocalize it, before I talk about it, I get it big here. I get it big right here. And then when it comes time, now's the time. All right. Thank you, Father. I release my favor. I believe I receive it. It's mine. And then five days later, it just happens, and it's put into your hand. Supernatural. <laughs> Supernatural. And our pastors came um, not, long, not, not long before that, and they, they stood on the land we had just born. They said, double, 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 double. That hit our spirit, and we said, yeah, double, double. And the Lord started dealing with our hearts about doubling up the ministry, and then Preston was birthed. And everything started doubling. House doubled, ministry doubled. Everything started doubling. Even the corgis doubled. No, no good, no joke. A corgi was expecting three puppies, they said. They said, we can see three. There may be one hiding, maximum four. She was carrying 11 puppies. In 40 years, this lady who had been breeding cor- corgis for 40 years, she said, we have never in Fort, we have never heard of this. We've never seen this. I said, well, no. I'm not, when my corgi is, doesn't operate by natural principles. My corgi is in my family. My family is very different. We are a peculiar bunch. Ooh, divine breed. Father, I thank you. You know that song, you know, I'm getting more peculiar. If If society doesn't agree, it's a great indication for me. (laughs) Father, I thank you for your anointing. Father, I thank you for the double anointing. Thank you for more healings, more salvations, more strength, more power. He is your strength. God is your strength. The Bible says He is your light. He is your light. One more scripture. Oh, Father. Keep your hands up for a moment. Oh, Lord. It says in Psalms 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is my light. Oh, glory to God. He is the Father. The Bible says, God the Father. He is the Father of lights. In one second, the sun, that's a light, that's one light, singular. The sun produces more than 600 years worth of energy needed and used by by all humans on earth. Think about that. You want power? You want strength? So much power is produced by the sun alone, equivalent to 2 million nuclear bombs worth of energy, Every second is produced from the Sun. How much of that do you need? We serve God, the Father of lights. Father, I thank you for this word, these words on the on, on the wall here. Strong yes. and free. Yes. In 23. Yes. 23. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Do it speedily, Father, for these people. In their marriage, restore them speedily. In their relationships, restore it speedily. Finances, restore it speedily. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you all the praise. And help the preacher close this meeting speedily. Amen. (laughs) Father, we do love you. We really love you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Where would we be without your grace? And your mercy upon us all. Great. Great shall be the peace of your children, parents. Great shall be the peace on your house. So as you stand up in closing, we pray. And let's all stand up in closing, if you will. Let's pray outstretched hands father we thank you sickness cannot cross the bloodline calamity cannot cross the bloodline poverty does not cross the bloodline without making requests to the egyptians they take off their jewelry and they place it on our fingers they take their their garments and they place it into our hands they, put, they get a hold of their lands and they put it right before us. Father, I thank you supernaturally do it. Let this church and every family be full of testimonies of your goodness, of divine assistance and your divine speed working on their life. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen.